Life is full of personal wins. I'm still waiting for mine. Whether it's cleaning your house or getting that dream car, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling your home and auto. Chrissy, you're always on top of all of this. Well, I am very deficient in some areas, but this is not one of them. I also love how personal State Farm is. I love my State Farm agent, Mike. Shout out to Mike. And guess what? Today, you guys can talk to a State Farm agent to learn how to bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, wait for it, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability amount on discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Calm Down with Aaron and Carissa is a production of iHeartRadio. Happy holidays, everyone. Wow, what a year 2023 has been. We've had so many great moments. It was hard to choose what some of our best moments were, but we think you're going to love what we came up with. Um, We have to start with the best part of the year, Aaron becoming a mother. Here's a portion of that episode a few days after baby macaroni was born. It seems like it was 17 years ago. I want to start with the moment that you saw him, because I don't think you and I haven't talked about this. We've talked about a lot of it. So the moment we saw him, I think I was like, hi, hi. It was funny because as soon as the nurses took him out, they were like, he's got hair and he's really cute. And we had had, you know, it was kind of crazy in the delivery room up until they got him out. We can get into that. So I wasn't even thinking, oh my gosh, does he have hair? Is he cute? I was just like, is this guy okay? What's happening? Mm-hmm. Hey, another headline, Jets on hard knocks. I know a quarterback that's going to love that. I mean, by the way, welcome to Aaron Andrews and motherhood. We're talking about the baby <laughs> and the birth canal. And she's like, breaking news. Back to you, Kevin and Greg. <laughs> Jesus. I love you. Okay, go. Back to your baby Okay, boy. so yeah, just I was, I was like, hi. Like, it was just kind of like, they just like throw them in your arms and it's all happening at once and it's wild and it's crazy. And like, I remember even when we were getting ready to take him outside back into our room, we put him in this rolly thing and we're like, are we allowed to take him like out? Like, and they're like, yeah, put him in this little rolly thing, which those are great, by the way. We haven't even talked about that. Um, are you talking about so a stroller? Yeah. What are you talking about rolly thing? putting a newborn in a stroller. I got a lot to teach you before it's your turn. You know what we're going to talk about? <laughs> Oh, I love that you just said that to me. I got a lot to teach you. Okay, so you mean the actual like things that you see in the movies where they put the babies in the little like yeah. plastic bed thing and then yeah. you go- 
Which, by yep. the way, like, our nursery is still a thing. Like, ours didn't go in one. He didn't go into the nursery. He stayed in our room overnight. All right, let's start in order. Where are okay, we we'll in start, this we'll timeline? Start in okay. I just wanted that moment that you, like, see him because this has been a nine-year journey, which I know that we sit here and rightfully so and can, like, make, like, funny little, like, quirks and jokes and you can smile because you finally got the baby boy that you've always wanted, and granted, boy, girl, whatever it was, that I just can't imagine how grateful and everything that you feel. But on the other side of that, you know how difficult this has been. So start wherever you want to start. Let's go and let's go through because I know that there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are going through similar things or have gone through similar things. And a lot of our listeners have been so awesome in terms of reaching out DM wise of like books for me to read. Um, You know, when I, I hadn't divulged that we were actually pregnant and so forth. So, um, you know, we have been pretty candid on this podcast, which I have appreciated just about my journey and the struggle. I did nine years of IVF, like, you know, was trying really, really hard. And you and I have talked about it, about trying to get eggs. I just couldn't produce eggs. Yes. Did my age have a lot to do with it? Sure. But also I was dealing with, you know, cervical cancer. And sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, your body just doesn't really do a great job with producing these eggs. And that was me. So, you know, we would get so long in the process and you would just get one egg sometimes. Sometimes you would get 11. Sometimes you would get two. well, then you want to mix in your husband's sperm and make embryos and you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And then you don't have any, and you just feel I, and so I How ended up having to do, do IVF. I did nine or I did eight rounds of IVF. And don't you always feel like Carissa, like every vacation I was on every event I had to go to, I was shooting up. Like, I feel like I, so many of our vacations were affected by my freaking IVF. This was like my first summer. I didn't have Mm -hmm. to, we were in Montana. I, you know, Kelly and Matthew wanted to stay longer. And I was like, I have to go home because I have to go get, you know, I, an ultrasound, like everything I was doing for the last nine years was affected by IVF. And it sucks because there's no like rhyme or reason. There's no right timing. You just, it's like, you don't even know when your right time is going to be. It's a crapshoot. And by that, it's also the phone calls and the different things that you're doing while you're trying to do your job or even the medical mm-hmm. stuff that you have to go through and wearing, you know, unfortunately, like certain things in your clothing because you had to have an operation and yep. you're reporting on Packers Cowboys coming up in America's Game of the Week. Like there's so much <laughs> that little game. Yeah, exactly. But that's to me, which is why when when, you know, when you, which we'll get to in a second, like told me that this embryo took and it's just like, it's so incredible. Okay. So starting at the very beginning, you had how many embryos left? Like how many, like, did you know that you could like try to get pregnant with? So we didn't have many at all. We had, as my my doctor would say, less than a starting lineup. That's one thing I loved about my fertility doctor so much is that he knew for me, my way to kind of cope with things uh, is sports. And so I would be like, all right, what are we looking at follicle wise? And you've got, you have enough for a starting lineup. You know, this one could be your point guard. This one could be your starting quarterback, like things like that to tell me the strength of the embryos and all that stuff. So less than a handful, less than a starting lineup, which isn't great. And then we started realizing, you know, I when I was diagnosed with cervical cancer, I should have gotten a second opinion. I didn't. 
I went to the first doctor that told me that she could get this out, and she didn't. And she hacked me open, and I lost more of my cervix than was necessary. But unfortunately, the cancer went past the margin. So I had to have another surgery. And at that point, holding a baby was just not going to happen. Literally, we went to when we were like, okay, am I going to try to get pregnant now after cervical cancer? We went to a lot of doctors that gave me advice about if I did go into labor while I'm working a Green Bay game, or if I did go into labor while I'm working a Patriots game, I have to stay in New England. I have to stay in Green Bay for the rest of my pregnancy. Like I cannot move. They even talked about like potentially stitching me up so my cervix could hold it. But unfortunately, we made the decision. There just wasn't enough there to actually carry a baby. And which was really hard. It was really hard to hear that. But COVID, Easter, we were in our house and we're normally at our friend's house who has kids, Jackie Quick. We're usually there and we're usually with everybody who has kids. And we're just here by ourselves. And we're like, this sucks. Like, this just sucks. This is, I mean, my husband's great. We love each other, but we're like, what are we doing? So it wasn't really until that Easter Because we were kind of like, well, maybe I will get pregnant. Maybe I won't go into labor. And maybe it was just like, this isn't working. I'm not getting pregnant. They don't want to use the embryos on me because I don't have very many. And the potent, I may, I'm older. The stats are up against me. The numbers are up against me. I probably will lose the, the embryos. So, you know, finally we were like, let's just try. Let's look into surrogacy. Let's see what we can find out. And let's see if it's even for us. So probably... 2021, we really looked into it and we finally found someone. And this is a really difficult process. It's it's mentally exhausting. You literally are, you go to an agency, they look for candidates, then they send you profiles or resumes of different surrogates and maybe surrogate of her and her husband. And you kind of read it. You read it all, read all about their life. And you feel like you really think that they're a good match. You could say, I'd like to meet them. Then they read my story and they read Jarrett's story of why we need surrogacy and why we're looking to go this avenue. Then you get on a Zoom because nobody does anything in person anymore because of COVID. And you meet them and you talk to them and you end up crying and you end up saying, you know, thank you so much. This would mean the world to me for you to, you know, be able to have my baby. And this is what we've gone through as a family. It's a lot. It's exhausting. Then from there, you have to get legal involved and they check them out and then you end up, you know, having them looked at. So we went through that with many, many different women. And my doctor was so, so particular and sensitive about who he chose as a surrogate because I didn't have many. So we'd get so close. And if they had one little thing wrong with them, he was like, oh my God, I I can't, I can't do this. In 2021, we found a lovely, lovely woman. We loved her so much. We adored her family, huge hockey fans. They were just perfect. They were absolutely adorable. They were right up the road. It was perfect. We went into this very, we just, we didn't really know the risk of it all. We thought it was going to be so, so easy to do. And we ended up putting two embryos in and we lost them both. And that, was so hard. And that was actually a podcast we did. And we didn't say what it was. And I was just sobbing. I think you were in Lake Tahoe when I called you. Um, no, yeah. Lake Arrowhead, sorry. Lake yeah, Arrowhead. But I and... the, t- mm-hmm. the text, because we, ahead, we knew like you had 
you know, these embryo, like the, the, the transfer had happened and we're just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for the news. And then I'll like, never forget that text that I got from you where you're like, neither of them work. And I just, yeah. my heart, like, I'll like cry thinking about it because, you know, these are, it's their goal. Like these, like when you only have a few and then yeah. just like I, my heart like broke for you in that moment. And we, like I said, we went into it so blind. We kind of just thought, well, like, well, well, let's get it over with. Let's have twins. Like, it'll be like really quick and then we'll be done. Or if one doesn't take, we'll have the other. And we kind of just thought that's how it went. And so that was a really hard go for me. Jarrett was so good because he kind of like mourned and grieved right away. I remember he went upstairs and just laid in our bed with our dog and just bawled his brains out. And I just kept thinking, okay, we have to get past this. We have to get, because that's just how I am. That's how I am with like everything. Let's just, hey, let's talk about the Jets on Hard Knocks. What's going on? You know, I just don't want to get deeper. And I got really fucked up. I don't know if you remember, I was just not right. I just couldn't communicate my feelings about it. I think I was scared to move forward. What does this mean if I, we just lost these two, we don't have much left. What if we don't have success? We're now gonna have to find a different person. This is all like crazy. And I ended up having to get some help because I was actually, I know I've told you this, having a hard time like forming sentences. I just was like missing words more so than usual. You know, I'm good for that. But yeah, it was just, it made me kind of deal with a lot. It was hard. It was really hard. But I think the biggest thing it made me do was start talking to you guys about it all mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. more. Because you're, you're, you're a tough cookie. Like you let us and us is the proverbial, you know, your friend group, your family, like we, we know when and when you don't want to open up about stuff. And it's like, it's hard because you don't want to press someone. But when you love someone so much and you care about them and you know, you know, you just want to do anything that you can for them. So that's even more of a reason why with your baby boy, being, or, have you said his name yet, by the way, on here? Max Attack his- Macaroni, Ma- the big Mac. So tell everyone, tell everyone his, his full name. It's Mac Roger for my grandpa, who loves sports mm-hmm. so much, stole. So now all the more reason why Mac being here, and again, and we'll get into that other stuff of like, the Megan, the Megan Mitchell story of like they choose you and like everything oh happens God. for a reason. And yeah, like we I'm got a lot of years to talk that. about that. Dinner at ponchos at another night. Yeah, stay around <laughs> for, for episode two of the this story because it's so it's just so special. So as as on the side of heartbreak is the the side of joy. So yep. now being able to sit here and go back on this journey with you and really like think about how long it's been for you. It's a testament to who you are. And I know I've said this to you, whether it's, you know, at our pseudo baby shower, which I made you have because you reluctantly didn't want to have that. And I respect that because you don't want the attention to ever be on you, but you have worked so hard. And this baby boy is here because you and Jarrett didn't give up. And that would be the message I think. And I would hope that people like, you know, there's always another option, even if it wasn't your first choice. So right. Right. After all of that happens, then for you, sort of what that next step was and how you kept going, even if it was so hard. Dealing with myself, talking about it with you guys was a big one for me. You know, like you said, this led us to something even and even greater. We then found our kind of angel, one of our angels, 
Her name is Stephanie Levitt. She actually runs Family Match Consulting, and her story is incredible. And she's just an awesome person. I love her so much. And she led us to our surrogate. That wasn't easy, though, either. We had actually a couple other people that we had interviewed. We got really close with another girl that we thought we were actually going to do it with, the transfer with. And that didn't work out, obviously, for all reasons that, you know, were fabulous on the other end, but at heart, very hard at the time. And Steph made this whole process just a, a wonderful experience, how it should be. And she led us to our girl and our family. And I'm trying to think, I think it was last summer, maybe that we met her. I think it was, I think it was maybe like, gosh, like May or June that we met her. And um, yeah, we met her and we did a Zoom with them and we thought that they were lovely. But it's kind of like this is like your sixth or seventh interview with a surrogate. You know, you're like, all right, let me cry and tell you my story again. Hello, how are you? Um, but, it, you know, they were great. We, we met them a few times for lunch and everything. And then when she checked out medically and everything was good, I, I was telling this story the other day. Obviously, I'm a person that can block my feelings, my emotions, hide behind sports. Not the healthiest thing to do, but I was working a 49ers game game in, I think it was probably like October, maybe the end of September, right before the transfer. And I just blocked it all out, blocked it all out, and then got on the plane to go take off back to LA. And I knew, oh, no, no, that wasn't even the transfer. The transfer, that was to find out if she was pregnant. So on the Sunday, I'm flying home and I just was looking out the window and I just started bawling because I'm like, shit, this is happening tomorrow. We were texting. I think I I was like, I'm having a panic attack. Uh Uh And I was like, yeah. And then I was also grateful that you were only on a 45 minute flight because I was like, I need you on the ground. (laughs) I need you because I don't need you cross country. And then you checking out on me and all of a sudden I'm like, I can't get to you. So let's make this 45 minutes and get home and get in your bed. The flight attendant was like, would you like anything to drink before we take off? Yes, I'll have three drinks. Thank you. (laughs) I'll have red, white, and blue. I don't care. Yeah, but it's really happening. And so that's where like emotionally you were at there. And then yeah. and then the next day, it was a crazy day. Well, first of all, leading up to that, after the transfer, it takes about 10 to 12 days to figure out if they're pregnant. So my girlfriend, Carissa Thompson and Kelly Stafford, girlfriends, drop off this huge care package to my house. It was basically the 12 days of waiting to see if you're pregnant. And each day had a note and a different gift. There were Disney magazines. There were cuddly socks. There were jammies that I wear all the time now, my Kate Spade jammies. Um, <laughs> there were bathrobes. There were lip glosses. There were like Charlotte Tilbury. Like It was just so sweet. And so Of course, I had it back here, like during the podcast when we were filming and I was like, oh God, people are going to see this. Every day, Jarrett would come down and be like, so what is day three like? What's day four like? What do you got inside? (laughs) So you guys were amazing. He's so so cute. But no, we just wanted, we, we, you know, because I remember Kelly texting me and she was like, we have to distract her. And Kelly's been very very open about her struggles about her and her IVF journey. journey. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that is, I think, the thing. And hopefully to anyone that's listening, like the support system and whether that's your immediate girlfriends or whether that's strangers that you don't even know is that unfortunately and fortunately, this community is really, really big. And if yeah. you lean on them- Those waiting rooms let, are packed. 
if you let your friends or even strangers like support you, then you don't feel like you're so isolated. And I don't know. I mean, I have never, I haven't went on the, this, this journey that you have. You can only hope to like support somebody in that and be like, okay, we're here for you. So it was the 12 days yeah. of distraction and the 12 days of Christmas. <laughs> it was so good. Thank you, baby Jesus, culminated in Mac Roger Stoll because, oh my gosh. Guys, everyone loves a win, even if it's small. I had two big ones. I mean, congratulations to me. Let's celebrate. Finally cleaned out the fridge in the garage with all the nasty crap in the nice. drawer from last Christmas, maybe even Thanksgiving. And I'm getting somewhere on my closet. Purging, organizing, what about you? My big wins have to do with the cute little animals up at the ranch. Simba, who's my rescue, graduated. He doesn't have to stay in the crate overnight. He can hang out with the big boys at night. And also my sweet little baby chicks are thriving. So no matter if your win is big or small, it's still a win. And it calls for a celebration. And who's cheering right beside you? Say it with me, Aaron. State, State Farm. Farm. The State Farm personal price plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. So talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Erin, it's your first Mother's Day. I'm so excited for you. And guess what? So is Macy's because they have the perfect gift guide to making picking out gifts for your mom easy this year. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, perfect for anyone's style. My mom, she loves to garden. She loves flowers. She loves a floral gown. You heard me, floral gown. Aww. I know that Macy's Gift Finder will have the perfect suggestion for someone like her. So if you don't know what to get your mom or someone special in your life for Mother's Day, just remember, Remember, Macy's Gift Finder has the perfect idea for anyone special in your life. Mother's Day is May 12th. Shop by price, category, or gifts like headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid camera, Samsung smart TV, the frame. You can find it all on Macy's.com slash gift finder. So then we get through the we because we're we're all in this together. You guys no, are I all just, in it. The Staffords, the, the Thompson Kanderis, like the Stole Andrews. Yeah, like we're in it. My girlfriend Jackie, Heather, Megan, my other Megan. Yeah, like everybody's in it. They know yes. we're supposed to find out if she's pregnant or if she's not. And that Monday. And so usually when you find out, like last time we found out it didn't work, it was about like four o'clock in the afternoon. So I had said to you guys, like you guys were being so sweet. And a lot of times friends don't know how to react. Like they don't know what to do. They don't want to get in your way, but you guys wanted to be helpful if it didn't work. And I get that. So Kelly, tell the story. Kelly had the idea. We're just going to plan a dinner regardless. We're going to plan a dinner because I. this is what happened when Matthew won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. We're planning a dinner. We're meeting uh, at such and such restaurant. At Dan Tana's. Well, who cares what I was going to say? At Dan Tana's. Yeah. At, let's say whatever time it was, we were going to be at seven o'clock. And yeah, so then you're supposed to find out, I think like around four, right? Was that Ish, four or five? I thought. Yeah. And then, and then 
tell everybody what happened. Well, what are you and Kelly doing that whole time? You guys are just texting, right? Like, have you heard? Have you heard? Like, of course, you're update. Do I have a wife? Again, wife is the signal <laughs> strong. I remember Steve and I were waiting at South Beverly Grill and they're like, only oh, yeah. three drinks. And I was like, I'm going to need another drink. They're like, you're already at your max psychopath. Like, you got to go to another restaurant. Cause I was like, oh, we're waiting and we're waiting. And then, like, as time keeps going by, and I was like, oh no, cause now you're I like, know. oh fuck, like, this, this might not be good if enough times like keeps going by. So I know we were just waiting for you to tell us great news. But then we got the text. That's yeah. So I was laying on the couch and it's like finally five o'clock. And I'm just like, I'm literally my heart is just coming out of my chest. I'm like, this is crazy. This is like torture to put people through. Jared's stomach's killing him. He's running up and down. And so <laughs> the stairs, it was. So finally, I just I called the fertility clinic and I was just like, I don't want to press three for help. I don't want to press four for English. Like, just get me an operator. I don't want to hear this music. Just let me know what's going on. So my sweet, sweet nurse, who I love so much, was like, I am so, so sorry. The test results are not going to be in today. You're not going to find out until tomorrow. And I'm like, they can't do this to me. They cannot do this to me. And instantly I went into Let's call Neil Elatrosh with the Rams. Let's call somebody from the Chargers. Like, who do we know to break into the lab? Like, I literally thought, who from the... I'm going to call Sean McVay right now. I'm going to call Sean McVay and ask for help. Like, I need help to get into this lab. And she just said, I'm so sorry. There's nothing we can do. And I texted you guys and you were just like, Oh and God. then our reaction was, how can we break it? We're going to get yeah. arrested for breaking yeah. into this lab and we don't care. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And Jared was like, get your clothes on. Let's go. Let's go meet them. Like, let's go meet them and let's just go have a time because sitting here, we're going to drive each other nuts. I'm going to, you know, cause some sort of pain or whatever, like to my heart. So I was like, all right, fine. So we got an Uber. We went up to Hollywood (laughs) and we had a night. Oh my God. We had a time. In this particular case, Steve, my boyfriend had been carrying around this little dish with an egg, like a, a, a raw egg for how long? Like at that point, like a month Since or the something? transfer. Yeah. Yeah. So since the transfer, he had been carrying around this egg and continued to carry it around until we found out that, that it worked and then <laughs> kept it in our refrigerator until we met Mac. Cause he's like, we just, because we wanted to make sure through the entire pregnancy, like it was like his, I have so many pictures of Steve in random places, egg. like you know the flat family things of like you take the picture of like the random cutout, like in we're in Asia, we're in the Eiffel Tower. There's <laughs> seven hundred photos in my phone with Steve with the egg, just randomly around. But yeah, so he brought the egg that night, and it was excellent. We were wild, wild. And at one point, I got way too whatever with my hands and broke the egg. And you guys realized I broke it. No, it was and just then- a minor crack. There was a minor crack, but I was like, okay, that's okay. That's okay. This doesn't mean anything. We're still good. Uh, but yeah, we tried to get you through that night. And then I had to leave on an early flight the next day um, to go wherever I was going. So then I was like, oh shit, like when we find out this news, if I want to, like, I better have Wi Fi on this plane. Like, okay. So then the next day happens and I am, I have to connect through somewhere. And I remember being like, oh my God, I don't want it. Cause I don't also want to annoy you. I'm like, I need, like, what's happening? What's happening? But then I finally, like, my phone starts ringing and it's FaceTime with you and Kelly. And my plane's about to take off. And you tell me on the plane, that it, that it worked, worked. And I start 
crying, like crying. And I have this, I have this coat over my head. And it's like, cause I'm trying to like muffle. <laughs> We're about to take off. Because it closed like, the door on the plane. Yeah. Close the door. And so then you tell me it worked and I spill my coffee all over. It goes down my leg, down the woman next to me. And they, they at this point, they think I'm just hammered. I'm about to get escorted off the plane because they think I've had way too many which has happened at the bar. But in this case, I was like hysterically crying, like tears of joy. And it was just, we have like stupid pictures of the FaceTime screenshots from that day. But like, oh my how, God, like that feeling for you. And remember, hold on. Remember the flight attendant going, ma'am, you need to turn off your phone and you put a blanket over you. You're like Kristen Wiig and Bridesmaids. You're like, I'm sorry. Totally. My friend is pregnant. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And you're crying. Like you are so lucky they didn't kick you off that plane. Like I was once sounded crazy. Yeah, no, Help I did. Me. I looked like a lunatic, but I didn't. Yeah. yeah, I was like, actually, kick me off this plane. I dare you to, because I'd love to finish this conversation. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh, it was so exciting. So then, for you, so this journey and it culminates in like the the news that you've been waiting, you know, the nine years, the, your whole life to hear, and like you and Jared having that moment, and then for you, like, how did the pregnancy? for your circuit, did it feel like it went by fast or like, cause how is that process for you? And how did it feel sort of being like, you know, just letting this, of course, she's a member of your family now, but like, you know, somebody carry your baby and mm-hmm. that's sort of all the, 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 the psychological stuff that goes with that and thinking about it daily. I feel like now looking back at it, it does seem like it went by fast. I mean, we were in the middle of a football season. The first time we went to go hear his heartbeat, I had conference calls and Zooms with the Packers and the Cowboys because they were playing that Sunday in America's Game of the Week. So I remember we went to go listen to his heartbeat and see it. And then I had to race out of there. And Jared's like, let's go celebrate. And I'm like, I have to get in the car. Zach Martin is calling me. I've got to do an interview with Zach Martin as my husband's at the bar, you know, having two Savion Blancs celebrating hearing our kid's heartbeat. And then I'm like, hey, we got to make this quick because we got we have Aaron Rodgers at three o'clock. He's like, can we toast our kid? Like, really? So, you know, it's like I was like trying to cram in a football season and then deal with, you know, this, you know, pregnancy. But it did seem fast, I think, looking back at it now. She was everything, is everything that we and anyone could ever want a surrogate. Super calm, super chill, the opposite of real mama, so positive maybe the opposite of real mom. No, I'm kidding. Um, She's a mom already. She has two kids of her own. She has four kids total, but she also has her husband. She is a great wife. She's a great friend. So she's like everything we wanted in a surrogate. And then that even like culminated in the delivery. Like we'll get to that, but she was such a freaking baller through that. So she's amazing. She's everything I'm not in terms of being calm, so chill. She knew she had done surrogacy before. She's a mom. She just kind of really led us through it, held our hand, which was incredible. Also a sports fan. Here's a fun one. When I had my playoff games, she would turn the TV up so he could hear my voice. They did the same thing for Jarrett when Jarrett was on TV so he could hear Jarrett. So yeah, they just got it. And they really just guided us through this whole thing. It was awesome. That is so special because and we've talked about this. There are not enough words to describe the selflessness of a surrogate. Yes, yes. Like I, I don't even... Uh, and I would love, I mean, I know that there, of course, there's the anonymity and rightfully so, whatever, but like, I just want to do like a whole like conversation mm-hmm. with like 
how and why and all the things. And, and obviously, you know, let's talk various to staff on the podcast one time. Let's bring her in. Yeah, we should. We definitely should. But like, wow, what an incredible person to to do that. I mean, that is like the ultimate yeah. act. So that's so and so thoughtful. Like, oh, you know, because mm-hmm. again, we hear all the time, like babies in the womb can like hear music. And so for her to turn up your voice, that's so sweet. I know she's the best. She was the best. And like, you know, just to fast forward to delivery and all that stuff, that's where, you know, we had a great relationship with them. We'd go meet them. We'd text them. We were on a family text chain with them, everything like that. But it wasn't until the delivery that it was like, wow. I mean, she just, I mean, it it just, the relationship just moved to a whole different place. And, um, we had a little bit of like kind of an emergency in the delivery room, nothing major. She just dilated really, really fast. He dropped, they wanted to, um, you know, kind of get his heartbeat, like back chill, like they didn't lose his heartbeat, but they wanted to get him ready for delivery. And that's stressful for the baby when they're going through the birth canal, all the things we talked about it countless number of times. Am I going to be in there? Am I going to watch? What am I going to do? I don't know. We have a good friend that just went through surrogacy. He and his wife were so lovely to me to tell me what they did. And that really helped a lot. But once again, my surrogate, she guided us through this with her husband as well. And we kind of walked in and they were working on getting the baby calmed down before delivery. They also wanted to get her doctor in there in time because the doctor had left. Nobody thought she was going to give birth that quickly. And she, you know, everybody's kind of yelling and I'm up against the wall and I'm like, oh God, what's happening? And I said to Jared, should we be here? Should we be here? Should we be here? And he's like, we're fine. We're fine. But I had my head facing the wall because I didn't want to be in the way of the doctors and the nurses and a lot was happening. They were trying to stabilize a lot of things. And Jarrett was seeing a lot of stuff. So then all of a sudden a nurse grabbed me and said, she wants to hold your hand. She wants to hold your hand. And I was like, I don't want to get in the way. And she's like, go be with her. So they grab me. I walk around. Why am I getting emotional? And I just grab like, her hair. It's the most unbelievable thing. And then I'm like, Jared, Jared, come be with me. She grabs my hand, Carissa. And this woman, like, uh, like she's giving birth. I look at her. She's got your one baby. tear just coming down her eye. One tear. She was like, I'm just an angel, a machine, just crushing. And at that moment, Jarrett and I turned into like the biggest sports fan. And we're like, come on, you can do it. Like you got this girl. And I think I've showed you this picture. I think Jarrett has. And and this is where I'm so proud of my husband. And I'm just like really following his lead in this is that he, we have this picture and he can't wait to show everybody. It's the perfect picture of what surrogacy should be. I'm kissing my girl on the head and Jarrett is just holding the nurse as she's like cleaning up Mac. And he's like, you know, he looks like he won another cup. And it's like, that is the perfect picture of surrogacy. And he just like, you know, they gave us Mac and we was like, oh my gosh, okay. And it was just so crazy. But then Jarrett could not wait to give him to our girl to just be like, well, look what you did. It was amazing. That says everything about who you are. If you have a fantastic experience, that's what you feel like. That's what you feel like because you're just like, you knew that, yeah, this person's giving you a birth, but this person is giving birth to your kid and they are like rock stars doing it. Jarrett couldn't wait. And he has this picture, like he shows it to everyone. I, I know he probably showed it to you and Steve, but like, he's like, look at this picture. This is the first time she saw him. Like, it's so sweet. And then we... We had a moment when we said goodbye to her in the hospital the next day and she came in to say goodbye and all her family was with her and that was really emotional and like she said bye to Mac and 
Jarrett closed the door and he walked back into the hospital room and he was just crying. And I was like, what's happening? And he goes, that's it. Like, it's just, she did so much and that's it. I'm like, that's not it. She's a part of our family forever. Like, that's not it. But yeah, it was really cool. That whole thing is like another level. I remember you, you just said that, um, you know, you know who you're talking about, who helped you sort of uh, from from that outside perspective of what to expect. So if you could give anybody advice, yeah. I know it's it's so fresh because Baby Bear is like brand new. What advice do you have for mothers that are on the other side of, you know, waiting for their surrogate or just sort of like, what kind of wisdom can you now bestow upon someone that might be listening that's like, hasn't had their baby yet or is thinking about this sort of your big takeaways on the chapters of surrogacy and sort of what you've learned throughout this like incredible process? It's a lot. It's so much to take in mentally. And I would recommend being with a great group that, um, like our family match consulting, our our woman, Stephanie, who matched us with the surrogacy. No text was too late or too early in the morning. No text was stupid. No question was ever, you know, dumb or, or you know, I know that's redundant, but it, she just, she literally held our hand through it. She also got to know us. So she knew who to place us with, who to match us with. And that was really helpful, especially when, you know, you even get like what you're packing when you're going to the hospital. Like, I don't know what I'm bringing, you know, like all those things. So I would say that was the number one thing for us. Family Match Consulting, this is not an ad. I can't hype her up enough. You need someone that you really trust because it is a whole new territory we had never been a part of before. You have a ton of questions. You have people in your life asking you questions. So you want to get those answered. And that was big. And another thing, uh, you know, Stephanie really guided us on is the fi- the financial burden of this whole thing is incredible. It It costs a lot of money to do this. And it really got me to thinking, and I know I talked to you a lot about it, is that it is... For me, I did this because I was not able to carry a baby. That was just not our option. It wasn't a luxury thing. It's not because I didn't want to be pregnant on the sidelines. I would have loved to have been pregnant on the sidelines. I think the guys would have gotten a kick out of it. I'll tell you one of those guys, and I'm going to remind you because he, I'll tell you, I'll tell you after, but okay. Who? So I told Travis, Kelsey, when I saw him at the charity (sighs) event, that, you know, these and I hope you don't care, but um, he's sending me a little (sighs) something. Like I could care. I know, but like I, I told him because he said it better me be something. a badass like baby Louis Vuitton like thing. Um, Come on, Trav. But he was the best. so excited. It was the mm. same reaction that Terry Bradshaw gave when you showed Terry the ultrasound yeah. picture when we were in Las Vegas and the guy's face. And I like that's why like I just I'm so excited, like for so many reasons. But yeah, so Trav was like oh my God, that's hot. Like just so excited for you because you have, you are the sister to so many of these guys, you know, yeah. and like they're the big brothers. And now like Mac mm-hmm. has so many big brothers. So it's really, yeah. really special. I think that's the part that's tearing me up because I like, I've talked about all this stuff, but like, I haven't talked to the boys yet, you know? And like Brian Dable texted me the other day and he read it and he's like, I'm so happy. And it was just like, those boys know, Wait. like, right. The, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really you're. Cool. The, I mean, the, the the journey and the hours, and you have spent so much of your life not being able to start your own family or or starting it later in your life because your life has been your professional career. Yeah, but that has been your family, right? And I feel the same way. I sit here and like, yeah. I don't have kids, and like 
so much Those of are, the, like, that's our family. That's our family. Exactly. So it's just like becomes this extended group that just is so excited for you. And I know that what you want is other people to be able to have the same opportunity that, you know, you have had. And you just mentioned that there is a huge financial burden. So I think it's really special. You spoke about it um, on you know the Today Show and the platform there. And I know that it's really important for you to be vocal about this process. So what do you want people yep. to know that maybe didn't get a chance to hear what you said earlier? On no, we're going to we're going to wrap up this never ending podcast after this. I do want to talk about this one point quickly. And I have two funny athlete stories about this whole thing. I do want to talk about the financial burden. That's one thing I learned a lot through this whole thing is that, you know, it, it, it a lot of people do this. Yes, for a luxury purpose, but a lot of them do it because it's their only way that they're going to have a baby. And I just every time we would talk to Stephanie or write a check, I just thought, Oh my God, think of people in the LBGTQ community think that this is their way to have a baby for, you know, men, a lot of uh, obviously, and then think about people who went through cancer like I did, spent all their money on these medical bills. And now if they want to have a kid and they, and this is the only way to do it, they've got to pay for IVF and surrogacy. It just a lot of it. I think we need to rethink the way we talk about it. We need to make it comfortable in conversations. And then I feel like it's going to be easier for people to realize people need financial help for this. So Stephanie, who I've talked about a lot, I noticed that she would align herself with this group called Baby Quest Foundation. And she actually helped a woman go through surrogacy and she helped get it financed. And Baby Quest Foundation, I want to say it right, they actually are on a mission to make parenthood happen for those who cannot afford the high cost of IVF, surrogacy, egg, and sperm donation, egg freezing, embryo donation. They're focused on helping couples or singles in this journey, especially those who are cancer survivors, military personnel, regardless of gender and sexuality. They've given out 20 grants to help people get their babies. And this is just something that I'm really, really, really excited about aligning myself with. I just, I feel like we have a purpose. I feel like we have a voice for all this and I'm really, really looking forward to it. So more to come on all of that. I think that's so special because it is, it's not something that you should be, you know, should feel like, oh, I can't do it because of a financial reason. So knowing that there's options, I think that's really special to pay it forward because that is the ultimate thing is that you have the ultimate gift now. Mm -hmm. And you've had a lot of people that have helped you along the way, but that also want to help others. I I know you're quick to deflect. Yeah. Attention, but it also starts with you and Jared and that, you know, that, that come that athlete mindset that you guys both have, like you don't give up and you didn't give up and now you have a baby boy. So I have to ask the question of like, what has been the best part about being a mother, albeit your short tenure, what has been like the greatest thing? Like what has surprised you the most good and bad, like changing diapers or like, like, give me the good, the, the, be- the biggest surprise, good and bad. Um, just kind of studying his face, watching my husband with him. Jared is always oh like, I'm God. your How dad. How much hotter did Jared really get? Really hot. Like, holding a baby. Yeah. I'm your dad. I'm your dad. And then because we're both super competitive, not so much with each other, but just in life, it's like, I'll change the diaper. I want to try this because we both want to nail it. Yeah, to be better than each I other. I can attest to this. I'm sitting attest to this. I'm sitting on your couch because I was like, I need to see him immediately. Like the second, like I got over there, you, he needed his diaper change, yeah. and you guys were like, so it's really sweet to watch you guys as a team. Oh, I love you. Where it's like, oh no, you can go, if you do it. Like it's just really special to see your relationship now with Jared in a completely different way, and seeing you hold a baby, like is my like magic. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. 
Guys, everyone loves a win, even if it's small. I had two big ones. I mean, congratulations to me. Let's celebrate. Finally cleaned out the fridge in the garage with all the nasty crap in the drawer from last Christmas, maybe even Thanksgiving. And I'm getting somewhere on my closet. Purging, organizing, what about you? My big wins have to do with the cute little animals up at the ranch. Simba, who's my rescue, graduated. He doesn't have to stay in the crate overnight. He can hang out with the big boys at night. And also my sweet little baby chicks are thriving. So no matter if your win is big or small, it's still a win. And it calls for a celebration. And who's cheering right beside you? Say it with me, Aaron. State State Farm. Farm. The State Farm personal price plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. So talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Erin, it's your first Mother's Day. I'm so excited for you. And guess what? So is Macy's because they have the perfect gift guide to making picking out gifts for your mom easy this year. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, perfect for anyone's style. My mom, she loves to garden. She loves flowers. She loves a floral gown. You heard me, floral gown. I know that Macy's Gift Finder will have the perfect suggestion for someone like her. So if you don't know what to get your mom or someone special in your life for Mother's Day, just remember Macy's Gift Finder has the perfect idea for anyone special in your life. Mother's Day is May 12th. Shop by price, category, or gifts like headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid camera, Samsung smart TV, the frame. You can find it all on macy's.com slash gift finder. Let's switch gears here a little bit and feature one of our favorite guests. This may or may not have been one of my favorite podcasts we've done so far with Greg Mm -hmm. Olson. This interview was so much fun. My face hurts so much from laughing the whole time. He tells us he refuses to accept anything from flight attendants, no matter how long the flight is, which is crazy. No water, no snacks, no nothing. What's that about? He also knows this guy. He also explained to us what a whisper fight is and has a great impersonation of EA. He's an absolute time. Here's part of our interview with three-time Pro Bowler, NFL on Fox analyst, Greg Olson. So there was an article out last week, Greg. We go for the hard-hitting news about wearing socks to bed. I think I talked to you a little bit about this. Just are you a person that wears used socks to bed? Because apparently it's as bad as sleeping in a toilet. There's like cockroach feces on it. There's like all the disgusting dirt. And then people are actually putting that in your bed. Thoughts on wearing socks to bed, yes or no? A hundred thousand percent no. Did you do it? Well, you're a very sweaty person. So you probably can't like have any... I'm showering... I'm yeah, my my daily activity, whatever I wear throughout the course of any part of my day, there is going to be a buffer, which is a shower prior to me getting underneath the covers. Mm -hmm. There is Mm -hmm. no like go in raw dog with what I'm wearing all day and getting into bed like that's not happening. There's a shower, there's a fresh pair of pants, you know, fresh pair of shorts, whatever it is. 
before I get pull those sheets down and get under the covers. There's nothing on my body that was worn for one minute during the day when I get in bed. Except for when you came on the road with that outfit that you wore for two straight days. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll wear it during the day. I just won't get in bed with it. So full disclosure on that on that story, because I know that made the Calm Down <laughs> podcast um, weeks ago. I, I have a so here's what I pack and and my and my wonderful wife she's the one who actually she's packs this for me so I, I I'm like that guy who Angel. doesn't pack his own shit like when I when I open my suit the morning of the game I have no idea what it's look I have no idea what it looks like I don't have a clue what anything in my Neither bag did Matt is Castle. so I wear <laughs> Matt Lauren tough look man and don't, don't blame, blame it your on wife. Lauren she's busy dealing with the twelve kids come on Matt be better okay next so anyway. Bump set spike, we'll, we'll Lauren. For the, we'll save that. We'll save that for uh, episode sixty-six. Amazing. Um, so Thank I you show for up in like a casual. Back. I show up in like a casual outfit when I fly in, and then I bring an outfit for dinner, and then I typically fly home. If I have a chance to change after the game, I'll just put on what I flew home in. So I only bring the outfit I wear, and then I have to pack an outfit for dinner and a suit, and then like all my toiletry shit. It's like that's all I bring. I'm a minimalist. I don't bring any extra shoes. I wear one pair of shoes. I wear them the whole weekend. I'm a minimalist. That night, we went to dinner, and it was in the hotel, and everyone was kind of casual. So I was like, I don't need to put on like jeans or like long pants and a collared shirt. And I was like, I'm just going to wear what I have on. The problem is that was only intended to fly in. Then I was supposed to see everybody for dinner in a different outfit and then fly mm. home in that outfit from the day sure. before and not see anyone. So my issue was it got interrupted. <laughs> it was a night it was a night game. So we had like a morning production meeting. So I showed up, said hi to everyone, came to dinner, same outfit. That's my <laughs> next day casual outfit. I'm just not supposed to wear it to dinner. So I literally saw them at 4 p.m. And until like noon the next day. As, every time anyone saw me, I was in the exact outfit. Amazing. All right, you know what? And I had toothpaste and I had toothpaste on my pants. That's that's <laughs> it was great. Story. Sure you did. So mm-hmm. it was uh it was it wasn't it wasn't great. Um so that's so that's that story. That's but, why I had on the same clothes. But long story short, no, I'm not getting in bed with anything that I wear throughout the course of the day. Um starting fresh, shower, clean clothes, bed start the next morning. Perfect. Okay, so to give you a little context again on all these, these are just questions that like Aaron and I go through, but we love a guy's perspective. So yep. I won't even ask you the underwear inside out because that's we don't even need that for this one. No. Okay, uh, judging strangers and knowing their backstory without talking to them. So Aaron and I have this thing, you know Aaron very well now, having spent the last year and a half with her on the road. I will sit down at a restaurant. I will see a couple or friends or a group of people. I have diagnosed, like the diagnostic is crazy. I'm like, I've given them jobs. I've given them names. You know the backstory. I I know what the drama, yeah, like I know what they're fighting about. I know that there's like drama in their marriage. Are you good? I feel like you would, I already know the answer to this. Are you good about assessing the situation? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. I, I know if it's their first date, their last date, if they've been going together for a long time, shit's good at home, shit's not good at home. Is this a makeup date because the husband forgot her birthday? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got I got I And again, if you ask me, I've got it nailed. Obviously, I can never confirm any of my preconceived notions. We should actually do that. We should all go out. We should diagnose someone in the restaurant and then go up to them and see if what we think is actually happening. 
It's only fun if we're all together, though. We think they're on their first date. They've been married for 35 years. <laughs> let's find out. <laughs> let's let's see how good we are at this game. I'm into it. Yeah, fair, fair enough. That's that's a good exercise for sure. Okay, our next one. Carissa had a mishap where she let Steve, her boyfriend, handle the details of a friend's wedding that they went to this past summer. She didn't get all the details. She ended up thinking that she looked like one of the band members that was performing at the wedding. Is it your responsibility to properly inform your wife of the dress code or her responsibility to find out? That's her responsibility. Whoa! Yeah, there, there's there's not a lot of and, and listen, I'm just speaking from my own perspective in my own marriage. There's zero logistics being done by me. Yeah, I know that. I, I I'm not and, and Aaron knows this. I don't know what hotel we're at. <laughs> I don't know Carissa. what time we're leaving for the game. I don't know I don't, I don't know, know who's shit playing. Adam. Uh, yeah, exactly. I find out who the teams are the next the more the night before. I'm not a, a real heavy detail guy, so in my and again in my family in my relationship my marriage my wife is what time we're leaving what's the expectation of the dress code who's going to be there what is the event for who are we going to see what time we're leaving how are we getting there who has the tickets i'm doing nothing okay great. i'm exactly the same way aaron will text me and be like what hotel are you at this week or like whatever i i don't know i'm on my way i'm i'm literally in the car from the yeah. airport i, I, I don't know I'm at whatever wherever hotel, the driver the car, takes me the, yeah, a hundred percent. Wherever yeah, the driver we'll stops out. up front, that, ho- that hotel sounds great. And the best is when they give you the address. They're like, all right, we're going to one, two, three, Orange Avenue. I'm like, great. Yeah, if that's sure. where you're taking me, that they, sounds great. The, dri- the driver could be taking me to an abandoned warehouse yes, in the middle to of kill you. Detroit to murder me. And I'm like, that sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. How far are we? <laughs> I always say that. How far away And are I we? brought one pair of shoes and one sweatshirt. And I, and I have... One outfit, so you better not change the venue on me. <laughs> well, the backstory though is that it was Steve's friend, like like that was getting married. Like these were new friends to me. It's his side of the aisle that was getting married, and so I'm like, "Hey, what are we wearing?" He's like, "Oh, something casual. It's, it's a Western themed wedding." I walked downstairs looking like fucking Montgomery Gentry's backup singer. <laughs> you did it. And, you, and look like- you look you look like Beth from Yellowstone. I did. I thought I was. Is this Halloween? Trick or treat, and everyone else is in full length, like like gowns, like it was a formal wedding. I, I was like, I literally had Greg, I had a hat on, like you have on right now, and I looked at Kelly Stafford, and I go, "Do you think it'll help if I take the hat off?" She goes, "Yeah, take the hat off," and I'm like, "Well, I can't because the extensions haven't been washed in four days." So I said, "Fuck it, I'm just leaving this outfit on." At one point, I thought they were going to look at me for the entertainment halfway through the wedding, just seeing whose bed have these boots been under. Right? Fuck, that's I look incredible. Like a, asshole okay Next. wait greg did you have a story yeah, so good. i thought you had something it, it doesn't involve me but every time i think about showing up to a wedding ill prepared I, my i have a buddy through my brother through my older brother that had a buddy that went to a wedding in india okay, I think <laughs> okay. And he's, a, he's like a white guy like he's a white guy <laughs> from you know and he showed up to a wedding in india so he's like i want to be respectful of their traditions yeah so he goes out and he buys traditional Indian formal apparel. Oh no. He shows up to a wedding in India. The only fucking person dressed in traditional Indian garb. Every other male there is in like a suit. He goes, I walk in and I'm this, I'm the only white guy in the whole fucking place. I'm dressed like I'm in a fucking movie. And all these people are looking at me like this stupid American 
is like mocking yep. our culture. Yeah. And he's like, little did I know, I'm trying to be respectful. <laughs> so every time I think about people ill-prepared for weddings, I think of that story and it makes me die. <laughs> yeah. So there was not, uh, there wasn't an issue of disrespecting culture. It was disrespecting theme in this particular case. We went formal and I went Western. What where was the theme of the wedding? It was in, it Black was in time. Montana. And so it was like, hey, Western. But that apparently was the night before. And the actual wedding was black tie. So standing next to Troy Aikman in a fucking tux, I'm like, hey, want my autograph? I'm a Shania Twain impersonator. God. So, and, and this is what makes it worse. Steve doubles down as he's in a tux. And he goes, which sh- should have been my first clue. When As he's putting the tux on, I'm like, hey, where's your bolo tie? Like, I thought this was a question yeah. thing. Well, that, that yeah. was going to be my question. Like, at I, what point did you, it was it just the women were going to go Western and like yeah. the men were going to go traditional? Disaster. Like, she's you. Yeah, she's I not good know. with those details not. at all. Yeah, you know what, Greg? I'll, I'll, we show up and we're the entertainment, apparently. Listen, what, my role in the entire event is once I get there. Yeah, exactly. So good. Okay, on uh, a flight, do you chat with your seat neighbor or sit in silence and keep to yourself? What silence. is your etiquette on flights? <laughs> I'm overly nice when I sit down. Like, because I'm, I'm a window guy. So I feel I like you have a lot happening seat. when you sit down, too. Like, there's a lot happening. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's a lot happening. <laughs> Fuck, you're sweating. You got shit everywhere. You're calling Karen and the kids to Georgia. say goodbye. I feel like there's a lot. So I'm a, I'm a window. I love sitting on the window because I don't want to have to sit in the aisle because A, my leg gets bumped and B, I don't want to get up if the person in the other seat has to go to the bathroom. My leg gets so bumped. So I, but I'm always late getting on the plane. So I'm always the second person in my little two seat, you know, little pairing to get in their seat. So the person has to get up and let me in and whatnot. I always say hello. I always, you know, hope you're having a good day, blah, 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 blah. I get that all out of the way. And then it's like, headphones on, head against the window, I'm done. And I'm, if I'm not falling asleep, I'm pretending I'm asleep. I don't drink. I don't eat. I don't accept anything from the flight attendants. I'm, I'm in the corner. I'll hold my pee for 12 hours. I'm not getting up to go to the bathroom. I'm not getting a drink. I'm not getting food. I'm sitting in my corner. And when the wheels hit the ground, I reappear to the rest of the world. Why don't you have water? I get my own like bottled water. Like I'll get a snack at like the news place, you know, and I'll get like a, you know, I'll get a snack and a, an M&M and a bottled water, but I like never accept anything from the flight attendant. I don't know why <laughs> it could be a 12 hour flight or a 45 minute flight. Once I sit down, I'm on my own. I'm on my own deal. I don't, are you, are you afraid of food poisoning? What's going on? What do you mean? You don't accept no. like what, what's happening? <laughs> I, I, it's a good, I don't know. I, I don't really even have a real reason behind it. I, it's just the way I am. I, it's, I just shake off. No, no, I'm good. No, no, I'm good. I just, I, it's like, he gives me a curveball and I want to throw a fastball. Where's Greg Maddox? I like to go slower. All right. Dogs at restaurants. Okay or not? This is a tough one. Why? I'm married to a dog lover. I have two dogs. I have two German shepherds that are awesome. They're very well trained. They listen for the most part. My older dog really is good. So I have a skewed reality of like what an obedient dog is. So if you're going to bring your obedient dog and it's going to lay under the table and not interfere with anyone, great. And we're sitting, I'm, I'm all for it. The problem is nobody trains their dogs. Nobody 
everyone thinks their dogs are like their kids and like they're obligated and, and entitled to just like free roam of the restaurant and that everyone wants to see their dog. Like, I don't want to step over your dog to go to the bathroom. So right. if you're going to bring your dog, fine, but that thing should be lay underneath your feet. It should not be in any of the territory of the aisles. The waiters should not be stepping over it. The waitresses should not be like kicking your dog as they serve me my food. And if you can do that, then bring your dog more power to you. But if your dog's going to be like a social butterfly and just have its way around the restaurant, then I'm not interested. Can you please tell your dog in the Luke Keekly story? Please tell Carissa that story. Or do you not want to? No, I would love to. Oh my God, tell it. So it's COVID. So it's 2020. It's COVID spring. I'm, I'm training to get ready to go to Seattle. And Luke has since retired and he's training with me because the world has come to a stop. So I had like a a small gym above my garage and we would work out in the morning. So it's early in the morning. I don't know. It's 8am, 9am, whatever it is. And only my youngest son is awake. So at the time he's seven, eight, he's young and he's sitting at the kitchen table and he's like having cereal. And I'm upstairs in the gym and Luke lets himself in the side door and he sees TJ through the window sitting by himself at the like little kitchen island having breakfast. But he doesn't see my ginormous 80 pound German shepherd sitting next to him on the ground. So Luke lets himself in quietly. I'm upstairs and he's like, I'm going to scare TJ. So he comes around the corner real quiet and he's like, and he like makes a big like startling noise to try to scare TJ. Well, my dog, whose name is Tucker, my older male, he jumps into action <laughs> and he stands up. <laughs> and now he's big now. He's like, a, and he so I hear Tucker go crazy. So I I come running down the stairs from upstairs in the gym, and he has Luke pinned up against the wall. Luke Keekly. Who those of you like, that don't know who Le- this, Luke Keekly is is not small. No, mm-hmm. not small. All pro Hall of Fame linebacker. And he has Luke pinned up against my kitchen wall. And he is just whoa, 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 whoa. And TJ is dying. He's up against the wall, like pinned, like frozen, frozen. And I come down and I give him like the friend command that tells him to just like let his guard down and go back to his little bed. And to this day, when Luke comes over our house, he's like, Where's Tucker? Come here, Tucker. <laughs> and like, Tucker has to come over and like, he'll give him a little pet. But like, he, he has been startled. It's like a running joke every time I see Luke. I'm like, hey, don't worry. Tucker's not here. He's not going to pin you against the wall. Oh my God. That <laughs> so takes a good. lot to scare that guy. That's great. It's a great, it's a great story. We had so much good stuff this year that we decided to break this up into two parts for you guys. All right, here we go. Part two, we will pick back up with Greg Olson and round out the new year with wisdom from one of our favorites, Dan Patrick. Calm Down with Aaron and Carissa is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at pet 365 21 plus only must be present in ohio if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER 
I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. 